0: Well, that's really interesting. It's, it's fascinating, as I said with Michael earlier, that, you know, there is this big debate about central banks controlling everything. You know, we're all watching. Are they going to go, uh, you know, raise further? Are they going to drop? Are they going to stay the same? All of that thing. But, you know, I want to come back, you know, a what Lance was saying, too. And I want to talk about what you should be doing about it. So I'm going to bring in Andrew Rulin right now, Integrated Wealth Management in Calgary. Andrew, first of all, Happy New Year. And thank you for finding time.
1: My pleasure. And same to all the listeners.
0: So let's talk about, uh, you know, individuals here. And, uh, you know, like just an overview of what you look at. I mean, do you start with the questions like, hey, is there a big recession coming? Uh, Is inflation going to slow down? Is the Fed going to, you know, at least cap rates and maybe drop a little bit? I mean, where you guys stand or how do you use that information?
1: Well, those are definitely the biggest questions on everybody's minds, you know, our minds, our clients' minds, the portfolio manager's minds. The reality is that this year, going forward, looking forward, it's one of the most difficult years that that even the professionals have had, because 2022 is obviously a very challenging year for the vast majority of investors, including ours, but less so than most, because we've we've really outperformed the passive strategies and the benchmarks. But the fact is, is, that this is the year when things are just a little bit more murky than usual, I'll say. And, you know, you've got the bond market anticipating five of the last zero Fed pivots on interest rates. And so the bond markets recovered a little bit here in the last, uh, the last couple of months, Uh, still a terrible year. And, and there's just a lot of confusion uh, around stocks. And where is the economy going? You know, is it, a recession is it not a recession is it a mild one is it stagflation basically a myriad of unanswered questions i'll say
0: well and then i you know i could have added in and i have earlier in the show but talking about what the heck's going to happen with china what the heck's going to happen in ukraine you know i mean and i think there could be many many surprises coming out of there it's not like we have wonderful information about what's really going on with china and what they're doing we don't have great information about uh, the russian Ukraine situation and in terms of what's the thinking of Vladimir Putin, for example. So, you know, just name your variable and it's out there causing a lot of risk. So that that begs the question, how do you approach a market with this much volatility? You know, chaos as you may know on money talks for two years, I said 23 would be worse than 22, more chaotic, more volatile. So how do you approach that for an individual with their portfolio?
1: Stick to the fundamentals of what your portfolio structure is because it's designed to do what you need it to do for you longer term, pre-retirement, during retirement, or or education-wise, as, as the case may be. And make sure that you're not married to any particular set of ideas. Always be prepared to be wrong and know where you're wrong and do something about it. That is risk management. And be nimble. Don't uh, Don't get set in your ways. And a significant part of kind of I'll, I'll say the amalgam of of our portfolio manager's view is that things are going to be choppy so we think that there's there's going to be a lot of value added by people or by our portfolio managers kind of selling into the rallies or trimming equity exposure into the rallies and buying back on the dips and and then you know writing some covered calls on some dividend paying stocks to add a little bit of income and and let let things kind of settle out. We're, we're anticipating so many things that we don't know the outcomes from or of yet, of course, because it's the future and that's difficult. But the reality is that uh, you got to stick to the the process, be disciplined, don't always be fully invested, and be ready for exogenous events. And I'm, the biggest exogenous event on my uh, radar screen is is Ukraine.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. We had uh, had the pleasure of chatting with Frank Juster going back. I don't know. I'm guessing this now a month, five weeks, but I loved how Frank finished it off. You've got to choose what environment uh, you're in. And I'm hearing this with you is this is not an environment to try and hit a home run. This is a survival kind of environment. Make, you know, make careful decisions, understand that there's a lot of risk out there. And that should sort of backstop all of the decisions you're making. And in that line, As you know, I've been incredibly negative on bonds, incredibly Mm -hmm. negative, uh, and happily so. You know, I said lock in all your rates, and I think that's borne out to be the right strategy. Now we come to a time, though, and you know, you can get paid a little bit for owning a 10 year or a five year or two year. Um, I personally don't like long term bonds still. I don't mind, though, if you lock in or not lock in your some flexibility with one or two years. But where do you guys stand? You did not lose money in the bond market last year. So I bet you're wiping your forehead saying, thank goodness.
1: Well, I would, just to be precise, we were down very slightly in the bond market, um, you know, kind of in the one to one and a half percent range. But that's a heck of a lot better than than the, the, the benchmarks did because they were all down double digits, particularly if we go out on the long end of the curve. I mean, TLT, the, the U.S. 20-plus-year uh, Treasury ETF was down over 33% at one point and I think the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth. So, I mean, we protected capital extremely well. Um, but now, yes, even, even on money market, like even cash, you get paid to wait. So it's a little bit less painful. Uh, you don't look at cash as much as, um, as a, uh, a zero return asset. And especially given how quickly a, a return can evaporate if things get volatile on, on the stock side of things, you know, some cash is, is always good. Cash is king, right? Sometimes.
0: Well, certainly in this environment, it would have paid off. Cash certainly outperformed both bonds and stocks. And that's an important thing to note. Uh, uh, Well, let me talk about something else, uh, because the last time we were on your show and and the time before that, and I think the time before that, you know, you were talking about using the commodity market, too, as a sort of an inverse correlation. It is not correlated to stocks and bonds usually. And, you know, I'm just assuming that side of the portfolio must have done pretty well.
1: That, in fact, has been the single best part of our client portfolios for the last two years. Now, it's kind of 5 to 10% of, of equity allocations, so it's not the whole portfolio. So I want to keep that in proper context and not give uh, an impression that is overly um, a positive. But the fact is, is that since inception, which is March 18th of 2021, uh, the annualized return in that part of our client portfolios is 17.6%. Uh, versus the benchmark, which is half TSX and half uh, S&P 500, that benchmark was 5.6%. Now, the surprising part of that really has been the fact that the standard deviation, which is a, a pretty well-accepted measure of volatility, has been lower than those benchmarks. So we've been pleasantly surprised by that. Now, the, the fact is, is we think that the trajectory of the commodity space is is still going to be positive and a steeper uh, incline than than broader equity markets, but we're pretty sure that the honeymoon's over in terms of lower volatility.
0: And, and let me come back a, a little bit further with this. Isn't that okay, so someone sitting here at the beginning of the year, let's let's walk through very quickly because I know you've got a webinar coming up that I want to let people know about. It's on Tuesday, January 10th at uh, 7 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Pacific time. It's it's free. And you can go to, by the mm-hmm. way, you can go to Mike's Money talks.ca. You'll be able to sign up. It's Tuesday, as I say, uh, 7, 7 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Uh, Pacific. You'll be able to walk through a little further. But I'm just saying, I sit here at the beginning of the year. Do I start with, okay, where's my portfolio now? You know, what is my mix now? And then sort of project what you think it should be in terms, and always, as you said, right up front, thinking about the risk.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. What you're actually talking about is a process that we go through with our clients. It's not just, you know, how is the portfolio per- performed in absolute terms and say versus uh, a weighted benchmark. So we see if there's value uh, in the way the portfolio is being managed compared to a passive strategy. But most importantly, it's what does this mean to me? And so we go back and we, we look at, at financial plans and say, OK, 2022 was was a, a terrible year for the markets overall. It was a slightly negative year for your portfolio, but what does that mean to your family? So we always go back to the plan, right? It's that it's that roadmap, and what we're finding is is that even though it was a bad year overall, clients are still on track. Nobody's look, you know off track from becoming or remaining financially independent, and frankly, that's that is the ultimate measurement of this is. Are we going to continue to have enough? Is the portfolio generating sufficient income that you don't have to sell off uh, capital in order to to fund a retirement um, lifestyle expense and that sort of thing? Uh, but I mean, that's kind of where we start. It's always in the context of what's most important to you? How does this affect you?
0: And, and again, uh, let me just, I, this is maybe I should have asked yeah. this a little bit earlier, but uh, people want to know usually is what kind of time frame. like, so for example, you mentioned you could have as much as 10% in commodity sector. And are you sitting there going, got to be there three years kind of thing. You got to be there five years, you know, whatever it is, as opposed to a trading vehicle.
1: When the data changes, we change. Mm-hmm. We still think that there's, you know, uh, plenty of runway on the commodity side of things. But the reality is that if uh, if that environment does change significantly, we've got risk management on each and every one of the positions that we hold. So we're not uh, we're, we're not dogmatic or ideological about it. We're practical. We're just saying, okay, this looks like it's uh, positioned to continue going up or it's made uh, a major inflection point, a major bottom, let's buy it. Uh, or it looks like, you know, things are getting a little bit uh, overdone. Let's pull back and, and lock in the gains. Like we're, we're up about 28, 29% on the the gold stocks that we bought back in in August we almost got stopped out in late September didn't breach the support le- or yeah the support level and we held them and we're glad that we did but it's 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 all about piece by piece you do your job you follow your process you do your risk management well,
0: i know it's boring but it works well, you got to forgive the cliche, but man, we live in interesting times. And oh. uh, Andrew will get a chance yeah. to explain much more at the webinar, which is again, I'm talking about Tuesday, uh, January 10th. But it's 7 p.m. Mountain, 6 p.m. Pacific. Just go to Mike'sMoneyTalks.ca. You got to sign up because obviously, you know, with the technology, there's limited amount of uh, space available. But man, if you're going to pay attention, this is the time of year to do it. Andrew, thanks for sharing your time with us.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. Look forward to seeing you in a few weeks in Vancouver.